The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up soon in Baltimore, Maryland. On October 22nd, 23rd, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard legacy and draft opens and compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up in the ranks of the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Baltimore, and we'll see you there. Everybody, welcome to episode 83 of Yo MTG Taps. This is Big Head Joe. I'm not joined by Joey Pasco this week because he was in Nashville covering the the Open Series with Mike Flores, uh, which is pretty awesome. And I wish I didn't have to work all weekend so I could have caught a little bit of that. But anyway, he's taking the week off, is my point. So I'm joined by a couple very special guests. After a bit of a delay. Uh, finally joined by Adam Staborski. Hey, everybody. And I'm also joined by budding podcaster extraordinaire and current roommate of the year, Travis Hunt. Hey. Yeah, I figured you talked about me on the show enough anyway. You might as well have me on one of these days. You, you forced yourself on, I so it's I forced cool. my way on. That's how I do it. Yeah. That's how I do things. He's finally... Take care of finally. business. <laughs> Finally muscled in. So uh, Adam visited Indianapolis, and we're going to talk to him a bit about that. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Nashville, a little bit about expectations going into states. And I want to talk about how excited, just briefly, I am about playing in a steel PTQ this Sunday in Richmond, uh, which I guess I just did. So great. So Indianapolis uh, was the first event that allowed uh, Innistrad. Now, I know this is all old news by now because we skipped that week. Uh, but just to quickly recap, Standard was a mono-red final uh, mirror match that was won by David Doburn. And in the Legacy event, Josh Winundi. <laughs> These people have weird names. Yeah, man. <laughs> Get more normal names, you yeah, dinguses. I, I can't pronounce, like, a lot of these like names. Like Panuska. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a real normal name. You need a good American hunt. The only problem with that name is, like, if it's really loud and I'm showing my ID to a to the bartender, they'll sometimes think I say another word and then I'll get really weird looks. So, like, I'll have to show them my ID. But yeah, hunt is a good <laughs> well, last no, name. Well, what's, what's really unfortunate, <laughs> Travis, is that your first name isn't Mike. That's true. I've gotten that one a lot. Opportunities wasted by your uh, no, parents. I, I, I hope that at least that crossed their minds when they decided to name me. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Josh Winundi uh, playing Reanimator beat Marsh Us- Usury playing uh, Natural Order Bant uh, in the Legacy event. I didn't really get to watch any of anything, honestly. I don't really get a chance to watch much coverage. I'm usually working on the weekends. But Adam, you were actually there. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your you know, experiences down there, even if they're not really gameplay related. Like <laughs> tell me about your tell me about your weekend. Well, uh just to back up a little bit, actually uh I, I wasn't planning to go to Indy at all. Um I mean obviously when you're not a when you're not a, a competitor, you know, going to, to kind of, you know, live the grind or, or you know, to, to break a format, you know, you, you know, going to hang out for magic, you know, it's a little more, it's a little more challenging to justify going 10 hours than like one, you know, Richmond's pretty cool. Baltimore's great, but, um, beyond that, it gets a little dicey. So, um, Eric Klug of Klug Alters, um, you know, awesome altruist, uh, absolutely fantastic. Did the um, most awesome portraits of me and Joey on, uh, 
a Jace the Mind sculptor and a Garrick Wildspeaker, by the way. Those are pretty incredible. So uh, he was a local uh, a few years ago, and then he went uh, and worked in Korea uh, for about a year, and then he came back. Um, and he was uh, just recently moved back to the D.C. area, uh, which is great, you know, because it's always awesome to have another cool local guy um, who's also pretty good at magic. And uh, he sent me a message. He's like, hey, would you be up for going to Indy? Uh, you know, he had a table booked, um, and it's a 10-hour drive. So I was like, is anybody else going? He's like, no, no, just be us. You know, I think about it a little bit, so I talk it over with the wife. I'm like, all right, sure. You know, I'm, I'm up for I'm up for a road trip. I haven't, uh, I'm not really doing one this year, so I'll do that. Uh, so we road trip all the way out and uh, get to Indy, of course. Um, and the site is... The, the site was absolutely awesome. Uh, I've never been to Gen Con. Um, you know, I, I need to go next year. I hear it's pretty cool. As it's it the were, same the, spot. Yeah, it's the same place as uh, Gen Con. And he was talking about uh, how Gen Con was, and it was all big and set up. And I kind of feel like, wow, I'm you know missing out on life. You know, it sucks to be me. But um, what was uh, what was great is that um, there were two other altruists. Uh, uh, I always forget. Um, I always forget their names because I'm too busy buying stuff from Eric. Sorry, <laughs> got to plug them. Um, I mean, I have I think a dozen altars from him in my popper cube. So, whatever that means. Uh, but uh, they also had RK Post, which was awesome signing cards. Um, but uh, the 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 site was absolutely uh, absolutely insane. Um, people were really really excited uh, to to see. The new cards, the new set. Um, you know, I, I think, um, I think it would have been really cool if, you know, if like a really new deck had won instead of just mono red. Um, you know, all the way in the finals. But um, people were people were really excited. Uh, there's there's a lot of trading going on. Um, I definitely got in on that and picked up a bunch of awesome stuff for Commander. Um, I haven't actually opened that much in the Strad yet, so I think I have more from just trading that weekend than from actually opening or drafting or anything. But what makes Indy really cool is that the convention center is pretty much central to um, all the food you can imagine. Yeah. Um, so, so Saturday night, um, you know, because we're, because we're degenerates like all magic players and whatever other, uh, you know, popular euphemism you want to use, um, you know, got to do uh Fogo de Chow with Sam Stoddard, Mark Sun, of course, Eric, a uh, bunch of awesome guys. Um, from the site, uh, roomed with um, John Medina, uh, J.R. Wade, um, of course Sam Stott. You know, just uh, just hanging out at a at a big Magic event. You know, I you know I always say it when I come on a podcast. I always say it in my articles. Um, you know, but it, it it's awesome. Yeah, you know, when you just get to go and hang out and kind of breathe Magic for two days. You know, and there's you know I, I couldn't really do you know my uh, my professional work anything. I, I did some writing and stuff like that. That's pretty much what I worked at, but. You know, just getting to hang out and and uh, work at Magic and, and uh, do that is probably the the best thing I can think of doing in my free time. Um, you know, and, and the great thing about going to an event is even if you're not planning on competing, there's a lot of downtime. You know, obviously between rounds, where you can actually get a lot of great Magic discussion going. Um, so even if you're not focused on becoming the best player, you can definitely get a lot of great information. Uh, so basically, for Sunday morning, I spent most of the time working at my popper cube and getting the Innistrad update finalized. Um, so big thanks to uh, uh, fellow Star City Games cube writer Usman Jamil. Uh, he gave me a great hand, uh, kind of looking things over and giving his feedback. And, and there's definitely a lot of hard choices uh, that I had to make. But um, you know, just that you know that that hour or so that um, I got to hang out with him and, and work at that, you know, that made it worth the tower trip to me. And um, you know, there were like. 48 other hours that were also worth that. So, um, you know, for what it's worth, going to a big events like Star City Games is great. Yeah, I'm planning on going down to Richmond this weekend for the uh, for the sealed PTQ down there, and um, I'm also thinking about uh, going to States. I threw together a deck that's kind of interesting. I just put it together tonight, and it looks really wild. I don't want to talk about it on the cast, but 
<laughs> don't want to talk about your tech. Nope. You don't want to leak it. Is this is this a deck you is this a deck you you blabbed to me because you know I'm not going to do anything with it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so like I was I was kind of excited because Joey's not on and Joey always loves to talk about blue all the time like all <laughs> Joey does. So you know it was great. You know Joe calls. You know very first thing. Hey, I've got good news and bad news. Like uh, bad news. My deck's blue. I'm like, is the good news you're not going to tell me about it? He's like, no. And proceeds to tell me about the deck. And I'm like, wow, that's that's great. <laughs> no, just had, just had to get my uh, make fun of blue with Joey. The man likes his blue cards. Yes, he does. He really does. But yeah, who, whereas who can I blame him. Whereas actually, I, I, I hear somebody else has been uh, tampering with islands and tainting their magic soul. Mr. Hunt. Um, yes, I have been playing blue black control. It's been very good. I think we were going to talk about that later on. I think that's been my the first deck I sleeved up with proxies was blue black. Then I tried um, the solar flare deck for about five minutes, and now I'm back to blue black again. And I don't know if I'm going to be turning back for much longer. We'll see. It's there's a lot of options right now. There's a lot of very cool things, but I pretty much have to pick one and go with it. So we'll see what I end up on. Right. You know what they say? Once you go blue, black, <laughs> you, you stick with it until the metagame adjusts, and makes it a, you know, makes it bad against the field. Right. Yeah. I, something tells me that blue, black won't be bad. I think it was their intent to make that a good color combination. Uh, Snapcaster works just so well. With black spells and Liliana is insane. So yeah, I'm, I really want to play blue white right now, um, but I just keep wanting to, like you said, flash back the black spells. Yeah, with Snapcaster, they just look so in like so appealing. Um, I think it's the best right now. That's what it seems like to me. That's just my opinion. But who I mean, am I to say? For me, like the, I feel like. The uh, the Geist and Invisible Stalker mixed with some combination of maybe Angelic Destiny if you're cr- more creature-heavy deck or if you're more of a control-based deck, um, sort of uh, Feast and Famine. Well, there were a couple blue-white aggro decks in the, uh, in the top 16. One of them, I think, had got... None of them had, had Invisible Stalkers, so... I like Stalker. I, I don't like understand. him too. Everyone, I think, wants to like it more than it is actually good. I, I, you know, like I said, I pre-ordered foils at six bucks a piece. I don't really care. <laughs> I want to use them, but it's just I don't think it's quite the correct card for it. And uh, not, neither of these lists used Angelic Destiny either. I don't believe. No. Yeah, so they definitely use the Geist, though, and that card seems very powerful. But in this, to me, when I was playing them for the brief time, the one FNM I was going to play them at, um, I was going to just play, I had four Hero Bladehold, one Geist. Because to me, they just they seem a little bit worse than Hero, because they are hexproof, but they die to so many blockers. It's so easy to kill a 2-2 blocker. Like, you'll get through for four the one time, but then you know, it dies. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the way it seems. That's why, like... The four toughness on the hero means it can live through a lot more things when you attack with it. So, to me, in that the list that I had, I was more using Geist as hero number five. But um, I didn't test that too much, so I don't really know if it would have worked or not. <laughs> but I had four heroes. Sure. I, I feel like... I don't know. I, I understand hero, but... Yeah, the consensus seems to be that it's not a great card. I mean, there were two in the top 16, like two total copies of it. But Really? And, I mean, I'm not saying that just what top 16s is the best, but I think if if the Invisible Stalker was as cool as it seemed like, or as people thought he was going to be, it would show up somewhere. And that just doesn't appear to be that great of a strategy right now. Right. I mean, I hate to use dies to everything. Cause it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cheap, but, like... I mean, it kind of does everything, you know, like... The hero, you mean, or the... Yeah. Yeah. The, the it hero. gets dismembered, yeah. Yeah, it gets dismembered very easily, you yeah. know? He, it, um, but if they don't... They can't always have it. If they do, then it dies. But if it doesn't, then the game ends very, very fast. No, it, oh, I know. I've been <laughs> on the receiving end of that quite a few times. Yeah. 
uh, and it's never that much fun. But yeah, there were two decks similar to what it appears like you were trying, and uh, they they look interesting. But uh, Solar Flare was definitely the uh, the deck of choice this week. It would appear. Yeah. Solar Flare seems neat. Uh, it seems neat. I think it's trying to do a little bit too much at once, though. Um, the uh, and the Wolf Run, it, the Wolf Run ramp that won, piloted by Brian Sondag, seems like it's the real deal. I've been talking about it with a couple players over the last few days, and I'm pretty worried about it. This deck has everything. <laughs> really? Can, can we? Can we not pump that deck? Because I haven't, Uh-oh. I haven't gotten my foil uh, Kessig Wolf run yet. Oh, uh, really? This is gonna make it a little harder. So I'd well, really I th- rather this like be the uncool deck for like another couple weeks. Yeah. Well, luckily there's no SCG Baltimore this week, so that could hold the price down. I picked the regulars up for three bucks a piece off eBay, and I feel like they'll be worth more than that. Although the deck only runs two of them, you only need two of them just in case, and, uh, you know, you search them up with Primeval Titan, appears to be the, uh, the tech, and it seems really, really hard to disrupt. How, <laughs> They're how? both lands. It's a two-land combo. It's not even a spell. <laughs> Casting Wolf Run, and what's the other land? Ink Moth Nexus. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but did I, you, I you mean, didn't see this list? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't... I don't see like tap a red a green tap the land and that's three of your lands that you're tapping and then right. x right but it's a ramp deck it's running rampant growth you're gonna have lots of lands it has primeval titans it's you're gonna have mana <laughs> sure sure simulacrum it has viridian emissary you are going to have a lot of lands out and then you search those up and Unless they have a ghost quarter, you know, you can't mana leak an ink moth nexus. <laughs> I mean, my, my you understanding... You can it, and you can, like, doomblade it. So you don't think this deck is real? You do not think this deck is for real? <laughs> I don't... I don't... Because I certainly do. I am very afraid of this deck. It has everything you could ever want in a deck in it. Um... If it didn't feel so similar to Valakut, and maybe that's just because it's running Primeval Titan, I would be playing this deck. But I just, I don't particularly like Primeval Titan for whatever reason, but I believe this deck is the real deal. What do you think, Adam? Uh, I think this deck, I like it. Um, I think it's a be- I think it's an evolution on the all-in red. Um, I mean, you get to run Slagstorm and Greenson Zenith, which seems nice because it pretty much lets you tutor tutor and kill anything you need to. Um, and when you're playing Primeval Titan, Wormcoil Engine, I mean, those are great cards on their own. Those have right. killed plenty of opponents. And then the fact that you have backup, now you can turn your little dude into a massive amount of damage. Um, you know, an empty board is no longer uh, is no longer safe right. uh, when you're running those things. I, I think we'll see probably more Ghost Quarters coming in, but that doesn't begin to solve all of the problems that right. there's so Legends many other things it can do. And it runs four Garrick Primal Hunter. I love that. It's yeah, just, yeah, I was going to say, that seems like... Cool. It has it's everything. Like, okay, so, so you deal with all the lands and all the big creatures. Now you have a Planeswalker that makes more creatures for you. Yeah, it just... It, it seems like it has a lot of... Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like a mid-range deck that can handle the, the red deck. This looks and like I it can handle the biggest, anything. Yeah, it seems like the biggest kind of uh, it's got you know, Slagstorm, kind of decks. it's got Beast Within, it's got just an acidic slime just hanging out and <laughs> power them out early. I mean, it only runs one birds, but Emissaries and this deck looks awesome. It, what, what's scary is that, um, you know, like I'm looking at the sideboard and like it just gets like more absurd. It's even like, better. Well, you know what? Thrun and Sword of Feast and Famine, not good enough for the main. No, but it can side it can, <laughs> it can side into that type of deck. Like this That's deck so cool. scares me. <laughs> this is interesting. I, I actually looking at this deck a little harder, I kinda like it, but I you know, it's just funny. Like it's a, ter- I it's a terrible deck. You don't need Kessig Wolf run in foil. Absolutely nope. not. <laughs> Here's the deal though. I see Rootbound crags, and I just move on. Like that's what my brain's been trained to do right. in the last couple months. You shouldn't think like that. I, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like that's like where my 
brain went. It was oh, not blue. Moving on. I think you know one. I, mean? I think one problem with a deck is, or with just analyzing the deck at first glance, is everyone just assumed Primeval Titan would go away, and I think that was a silly assumption to ever make. Oh, Primeval Titan didn't rotate. Of course it would No, it didn't rotate. So, yeah, but I think people pretty much figured, oh, Valakut's rotating. We can just forget about Primeval Titans completely. Like, they're down to 15 bucks, but I guess they were falling to begin with. But still, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, that's not smart if you forgot about Primeval Titan. because It's just, it's a card that I, I don't think I've ever cast a single Primeval Titan, and I don't think I ever will, so. I have. I've cast a lot of them. Right, this seems like a deck, this seems way up your alley. I, I don't know why you're not more excited about this. I want to I want Titan Primitif, <laughs> the f- French primeval titan. Coffre du Mato. <laughs> this deck looks so cool, and um, Pat Chapin wrote about it in his recent article, and uh, I believe he said it was incredibly technologically advanced or something, so yeah, if, if Pat Chapin likes it, then I like it. That's just usually how it goes, but the, I don't think just because he wrote that that the deck is for real. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, that. we will see. Weeks, uh, states are coming up this weekend. I would absolutely expect to see many decks like this at states. I would prepare for it, and spell skites are one way to do that, from what I can tell. Spell skites and ghost quarters, as Adam mentioned. Yeah. From that's I haven't tested against it yet, but I plan on doing that this week. And I'm not even playing in states this weekend, but I plan on heavily testing against that deck at Brewport Avenue on Thursday. Yeah, and uh, actually, speaking of Brewport Avenue, um, you're on here because you had something pretty exciting to announce. That was one of the reasons, yeah. I'm here to just hang out with Adam and you also. But yes, I do have an announcement. Hopefully some people have heard about it by now, but I have started my own podcast along with Jason Clark, Tom Moore, and Noyan. I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Um, It is called Brewport Avenue, named after our circle of friends, our semi-tongue-in-cheek name for our group. One one reason was we were really having difficulty thinking of something to call it, and I think that's just a catchy name. It it works. So we thought it was a pretty good name to go with, and that's what we did. And we recorded our first episode last week, and it went pretty well, I think, for especially for a first episode. And um, that's up on MTG Cast right now, and we're up toward the top of the directory on the right too because our we decided we chose a podcast name that starts with B. They decided to go with A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
So, yeah, so you're going to have guests and stuff on? Yeah, we're going to have, like, local players. We're going to try to, hopefully. Maybe, Adam, you'll be on as well. And other people. <laughs> uh, maybe. We're gonna- see. Now, if we get that legit, we'll have to see. But, we're gonna have um, we're gonna have excellent yeah we're gonna try to have excellent world class magic players on the show every week and we may even have Adam Staborski on one day. I mean we're just, just <laughs> highlight local players. There's lots of players that I feel deserve to have their voice heard on a podcast, such as you know Brewport Avenue members or other people. Just yeah, general. Brendan needs to get on a podcast so bad. Brendan like, definitely does. He is on, high on our list of people we need to have on. And like we mentioned in the first episode, just other people that in the group, maybe Lloyd, 2009 state champion, Maryland state champion, Lloyd Frias, have him on. Out. He's been on our show a couple times. Yeah, there's lots of people that we would like to have on, and I think there's a place for us, I think. The one thing that crossed my mind when starting a podcast was, oh, no, not another podcast. You know, there's tons of them. There's so, like, I can't even count how many are. I, I can, but I didn't even count how many were on MTG Cast. There's so many. And we just want to do something to set us apart from that. And we want to do a good podcast. And I think I think it'll be interesting. It's all uh, a lot of really cool guys and just kind of a different take on it or because you're all furries. Yes. So it's like a furry take on on, you know, on magic and on the magic culture. Sure. You know, from the, from the eyes of someone who likes to wear furry costumes. Sure. Uh, for pleasure. Right. Sure. And and that's and that's cool. I like that. It's a really unique take on the uh on the whole podcast thing. Yeah. Um, you know, people purring and like, you know, stroking their tails while while you, you record, that's that's real nice. I, like I have that. no idea what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so that's cool. So check out the world's first furry MTG podcast, Brewport Avenue, uh, coming soon. Air, uh, airing now, airing now on MTG Cast. Just, episode uh, one online. Episode on MTGcast.com. Absolutely at Brewport Avenue on Twitter. That's really the most important thing right now is Twitter. Anyway, so. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's a, a lot of what we talked about also on the first episode was how essential Twitter is to the magic community as a whole, um, how incredible it is, and how if you're not on Twitter as a magic player, you are not doing it right. Yeah, sometimes on Twitter you can retweet something and completely forget about it and then wind up winning a complete set of Innistrad from a random drawing a week later, and that actually happened to me. <laughs> I retweeted something from Limited Gaming on Twitter. Uh, they were trying to get to a thousand followers or something, and I retweet. I don't even remember what it was. I retweeted whatever it was they wanted me to retweet, and they selected me to win a complete set of Innistrad. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome, and. Uh, Yes, I am adding this to the recording of this week's episode, but uh, I just totally forgot to mention it. Um, I mean, that's how much of a throwaway thing it was, just to retweet something. And, you know, that was pretty exciting. So I want to thank uh, Limited Gaming on Twitter for that. That's pretty exciting. We now return to our regularly scheduled podcast, Already in Progress. Yeah, you got to be on Twitter. Pretty much. I feel like if you're on Twitter, though, you probably also listen to podcasts. So maybe the people who listen to podcasts are already on that boat. But if not, uh, get on Twitter. Start following us at Brewport Avenue and at the Stibs and all those great people and your long Twitter name. There's- yeah, I wrote it down. Actually, no, this is weird. I ran into somebody I went to grade school with today at work. Oh, yeah? And... Um, I, I wrote down my, my Twitter name, and I was like, yeah, somehow, I was like, yeah, somehow a thousand people have managed to find this on Twitter. I don't know how, but... Uh, I thought you could, can't you change it now? Couldn't you be Big Head Joe on Twitter? <laughs> could I? I? Can, I think you can change it. I've seen a bunch of... But there's um, already Big Head Joe. Oh, there's already Big Head Joe, that's right. There's already a Big Head Joe. He's from Canada. He has like He's following, like... <laughs> 20 people and he hasn't posted something for five years and yeah. I'm really upset about it. Yeah, I just wish upsetting. they would get rid of it and give it to me because 
I want it, but I don't have it, so I had to make something stupid. Well, yeah, maybe if I become a, uh, a big enough Twitter personality, I'll have to change my name from a hum lyric. <laughs> to, but it's also kind of like, you know, it's my initials, too. So, Right. Um, so, yeah, people are talking about... Uh, States on our Brewport Avenue group right now. There's a little bit uh, of discussion. Yeah, I, I, I'm not planning on going, so I'm not as pumped about that. But uh, I think a couple people from our group are going, so there's yeah. a little bit of talk on there. Wolf Run Good. That's what Wes called uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Run Red. Yeah. Noyan says it's the new Valakit. So I think if it is the new Valakit and... It looks like it could be. We could be in for some problems, but Snapcaster Mage can deal with it. I mean, how is it the new Valakit, though? Valakit was a land doing damage. Yeah, this is land doing poison. I know, but as a creature, (laughs) it's a creature slash land. You know what I mean? It's not just a land. It's still a land doing stuff. (laughs) There's a lot more, like, instant speed ways to get rid of a land that's also a creature. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as being the next Valakut. I see it as being the same colors as Valakut. Well, people always have to compare it to something. So. And it's the same colors as Valakut. So. It seems way more fragile, and I just don't really... I agree. I agree it's more fragile, but that still doesn't mean it can't be a powerful deck, because the format's a lot slower right now, or appears as such. I don't think it's all that great, but, uh... Okay, well, you'll be on record saying that when the deck blows up, and then you'll backpedal. <laughs> well, backpedal? I, don't think, I just don't think it looks that great right now. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's sure. fine. I just, I just want to be playing Snapcaster Mage and Liliana right now. So those are two cards that I want to play, and that's what I'm doing. I also really, really like Forbidden Alchemy. That card is incredible and very fun. Stib, is that your favorite card in the set? Forbidden Alchemy? Uh, not by a long shot. <laughs> However, I will say I am I am excited for Forbidden Alchemy. Um, I in Popper Cube, of course, you know, a couple of years ago, Mystical Teachings was the card. It just did anything you ever wanted. Like it it won games, it made you coffee, it, you know, <laughs> hit the lottery for you. I mean you just you whatever you needed, it was in your deck, you could get it with that card. And Forbidden Alchemy is not mystical teachings. However, in Popper Cube, um, I, I found mystical teachings didn't really give you everything because the power level's so so much lower and more level. Um, but Forbidden Alchemy seems uh, really awesome. I've been looking for a nice, good card to help uh, fuel uh, blue black for a while, and being able to mill a little bit, which supports like Stitch Drake and uh, Scab Mauler. Uh, or the yeah scab mauler the blue the blue common uh, that that I put in um, you know it, it was just a nice confluence of cards to come in and uh, kind of finish out some support for blue black so I'm excited for forbidden now could be so what is your favorite card in the set if that's not your favorite ah uh, there's some there's some pretty good ones um, I I really, really like uh, Parallel Lives. Um, I have an unhealthy addiction to Reese the Redeemed and token themes in general. <laughs> um, I was just talking about that with so, Tom earlier. We uh, we were discussing, one of the co-hosts of Brewport Avenue, we were discussing Parallel Lives with Elspeth. Seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, just barfing wow. tokens is great. Um, I know, probably my, probably my favorite card, uh, just just my favorite card to, to be playing with is Prey Upon. Um, you know, I, I've been, you know, there's, there's been plummet and there's been other kind of takes on green removal. Um, but I, I don't think anybody, I, I think, I think prey upon is finally a card that is so flavorful. Even the curmudgeons that are like green can't have removal. Agree. Yeah. This card makes sense in green and it's a fine card for magic. You know, uh, having, having, you know, spending, spending mana, spending a card and possibly even killing your own creature just to take out another creature. Um, yeah, you know, that, that fight interaction. I really like it. I love the keyword. Period. Like fight. I just love fight so much. I think of Mortal Kombat. Just fight. <laughs> Every time I read it, but that <laughs> often because I haven't played any cards with it yet. But hopefully that will change. I just uh, I just wanted to see like choose target creature you control and target creature you don't control. Those creatures fight. <laughs> 
fight. Like that's just great. <laughs> I was I was playing around with uh, prey upon, and um, so I cast prey upon to kill something, and of course the the red giant responds, and he's like, "Ah, oh, lightning bolt." And so I tap, and then I play um, giant growth, and uh, go toasty. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He wasn't very happy. That's great. Yeah, I because I've been playing a lot of sealed draft different things uh, with Innistrad over the last couple weeks, I guess, uh, since, you know, the pre-release, obviously. Uh, but I just got a box, and we built some sealed pools uh, last night, actually. We were up till way later than I should have been up playing cards. But I've been really getting into Limited, and, um, you know, as, as a result, been able to play with more of the cards in the set, not just, like, Snapcaster Mage. I'm really liking the uh, the werewolf guys at least the red ones like i don't know some of them aren't that strong but i love just the head games you can play with those like you play one and you just pass the turn and you're like okay do something you know and sometimes you force people to overextend or you force them to play things they wouldn't want to play just to keep your guy from flipping and i think that it's a really fun interaction that way um and actually one of the coolest things was um when I was playing against Mike Cassizzi last night, um, he had a Bonds of Faith is the card, right? That's like plus two, plus two if it's a human. Otherwise, it can't attack or block. Yes. Right. And uh, he plays it on – I can't even remember the name of the dork. Um, but he had, he had a bunch of guys down. And I actually sideboarded this card in. Um, but he had a bunch of guys on the ground that were getting in every turn. And uh, I had this guy, and he played the Bonds of Faith on it when it was flipped. And when it's flipped, it's a 5-5 werewolf attacks each turn if able, right? And um, it's Hanweir Watchkeep. It's a red and two. It's 1-5 defender. So anyway, he played it, uh, or he played the Bonds of Faith on it to make it not be able to attack or block. And then I think he played it after he attacked or something. I can't remember what happened. Or he played it, attacked... And then the next turn, I didn't, or I played two spells and flipped it, and it was a human again, and it was actually pumped. That's pretty funny. That's so really when funny. It, so when it flipped back to being his turn, it was a 3 7 and could block. And then, because uh, I just forced it back into a human. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then he swings in, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to block with this guy. He's like, he can't attack. I'm like, or he's like, he can't block. I'm like, yes, I can. Look at him. He's like, oh my God. Like, there's just so much, like, there's so many head games you can play with the day-night, especially with the werewolves. Like, the the black ones and the blue ones, you know, you flip them conditionally or whatever. Or you, there are different conditions for each one. With the werewolves, they all flip back and forth together, you know, so all you have to do is play some spells. Um, but I think it's really fun, uh, like, sometimes you don't care if your creature gets flipped. And you run it out there because you know they're either going to try to kill it straight away or they're going to, you know, go out of their way to overextend or misplay just to keep your stupid werewolf from turning into a werewolf. Yeah, they know? can definitely have an effect on the game. It's very interesting how, yeah, you you think about playing a second spell on your turn even though it's not optimal just to flip a, a werewolf or something. And that's definitely a cool interaction. Are you, um, Stibbs, are you playing any of the werewolves in your cube besides Iron Fang? Because I'm almost certain you're, you're playing that, right? Uh, I, I'm actually not playing Iron Fang. No, um, I think he's really good. Why would, I mean, why are you not playing him? Is there a specific well, reason? Well, I, I wouldn't say he's, he's the worst card. Um, there are just so many other cards that, that really fill a need. It's, um, it's a lot easier to, like, manage your lands and get a lot more value out of something like, um, Played a Geopede uh, or Pouncing Kavu, uh, which are you know very similar type cards, but um, they definitely give you a lot more bang for your buck than I feel about Iron Fang. Um, being a three-one is really fragile uh, in my cube because all the removal's so good, uh, the burn spells, um, the negative effects, or you know, the negative toughness effects. Um, so I, I have I had my eye on him. I just don't feel like he's. Um, He's a good fit. However, some of the other werewolves that um, do have more toughness, like um, Estwald Villagers, I'm 
I'm actually starting to warm up to um, a lot more since I started playing with them. Like I feel, I feel the werewolves that come down as just average, you know, okay on the curve dorks that flip into really absurd things <laughs> um, are definitely uh, are definitely much better than I had originally thought. Um, you know, my cube comes with a couple challenges. You know, there's so many cheap spells; it's re- it would be really easy to kind of chain your spells out and keep a werewolf from flipping. Um, but a lot of the decks uh, run out of gas, and um, you know would definitely flip as the game goes on. So I'm not, um, you know, I'm a little bit on the fence. Uh, I do have one transform card. I have uh, Thraven Sentry, you know, Thraven Militia, uh, the, the white guy that when something dies, flip him, and turn and becomes uh, you know like a five four trample or something. So yeah, I wanted to get something something for white that was a little different than just like you know you're kind of a boring flying dude um yeah there's a lot of evasion already so you know i'm gonna keep my eyes on it i'm i'm hopeful that werewolves will you know there'll be a there'll be some better ones uh well I mean, there'll definitely be some other awesome ones as the sets uh go on in the block so um you know it's it's kind of one of those things where you know everybody was all excited for poison you know way back when scars was coming out it was like oh poison's back oh my gosh you know this is crazy um and uh, I didn't actually ever find a spot for infect in my in my cube, just because the the cards were okay, but you know that that side game of you know poisoning somebody out just you know there just never there never came of enough of it together. So not at all, I'm, not even with like proliferate or anything like taken into account. Or well, most of the proliferate cards aren't common. Um, you know, there's there's one which is a five mana removal spell, which is really hard to justify uh, in, a, in, a, in a tight cube. Um, yeah. There was the draw card, draw one card for three mana. Well, I don't even, I was, I'm not even running think twice. Um, so it's really hard to justify just three mana, draw one card, proliferate when it's, you know, for this little sub theme. Um, you know, probably the strongest contender uh, at one point was Blank Widow um, because fighting flyers is really good and a 2-4 in fact reach can, can even take out um, you know, can even bring you know Aaron Femeron and some of the big guys like that down a down a step, but um, just never it just never seemed right to pull the trigger on on that. So I'm you know I'm cautiously optimistic that you know maybe the maybe as I play more of the werewolves I'll really start to see if they you know see where they can fit in and give them a try, especially if some other ones come out in subsequent sets. But um, you know right now the the odds look grim. I would really like yeah. to try your cube sometime. You'll have to bring it over to Brewport Avenue. Well, I'm going to try to be at uh, Star City, uh, Baltimore. Okay, yeah, because last time I talked to you, you weren't sure. So that is very good news. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try Excellent to stop news. on Saturday at least and, and just hang out and say awesome. hi to people. So, awesome, that's very uh, good to hopefully, hear. Uh, hopefully I'll have a chance then. I'm playing, I'm going to play standard day one, and I'm going to play in both draft opens on day two, which I've never done. I, you know, I kind of want to play Legacy, but I've been really enjoying limited within a shot especially uh so i'm gonna just ride that train you know what i mean go with the format i feel most comfortable with you know yeah right now i'm feeling very comfortable with legacy so i'll once again just be playing in the legacy challenge and open like i did last time and i was very happy with that other than scrubbing out of the open uh I three won the legacy challenge though. Yeah, you beat me in a pretty uh Yeah, in a pretty famous brutal beating. A famous feature match, round one feature match that will live on in infamy. That really was one of the most amazing moments. That was just so great. <laughs> it was so hilarious and I can't believe it. And then playing Noy in round two. Yeah, well how did that I mean like I don't know. I don't know. We tried to calculate the odds. What kind of god would allow <laughs> that to happen? It's I mean just, like it's so funny. <laughs> It was pretty like, awesome, and this this time should be awesome as well. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Jason Clark, co-host of Brewport Avenue, will be staying with us. I believe Alex Bertoncini is as well. And mm-hmm. Adina from Horde of Notions, I believe, are all staying with us. So that should be a podcasty weekend. We'll hopefully have to figure out some type of recording. Nerdtastic castle. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going be to fun. be awesome. And I am very glad to hear that you will be there, Adam, as well. Travis, you've been uh, kind of newly invigorated uh, with Legacy, uh, with the banning of Mental Misstep. 
Um, it just I don't know so it, happened that my acquisition of, yeah. of Force of Wills and Underground Seas coincided with the banning of Mental Misstep. <laughs> it was That's very true. fortunate. That's true. Um, so, uh, so why does that got? You, why does that have you excited? Like. It has me excited because I feel like I can play Legacy now, because I have Force of Wills, because I think with Snapcaster Mage and Brainstorm and Force of Will, you're absolutely to the point of being forced to play blue to be successful. And as much as I loved seeing Brian Kibler playing Junk, it just it's a sad state of Legacy when you're forced to play a color, but that's what you have to do, and that's what I'm going to be doing, is playing Force of Will and blue. Yeah, and this bug deck is amazing. I love it. It is just—it's a deck that I feel very comfortable with so far, and I'm going to be doing more testing between now and SCG Baltimore. And the deck is just incredible. Unearth with Snapcaster Mage is amazing. Snapcaster Mage in general is incredible, and the deck is just exciting and fun to play and powerful. And that's all the things I like about playing Magic decks. So that's what I plan on playing. Uh, it took down the last SCG event, unfortunately, so people might come prepared with their blood moons. So I might have to switch up the mana a little bit, maybe run a few more basics. I don't know. Stop but, it, just um, start bluing. Right. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I love the deck. I've only played a few games with it, but uh, it seems like a lot of fun, and I'm very what? much looking forward to playing it. Uh, so I haven't really looked at the new list what's changed from the old uh bug list well maybe you didn't hear but there's this card called snapcaster mage printed in innistrad um it oh what's it what's the do travis yeah it's one in a blue it's a two one flash and when it enters the battlefield what's its creature it's a human wizard thank you (laughs) sorry i didn't know what the order But, uh, and when you flash it into play, it gives a card, an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard, flashback, equal to its mana cost. So basically that means you can cast spells you've already cast again when you play this guy. It's a really, really good card, and with a bigger card pool, it becomes even better. And uh, that is now included in this bug deck. And it's very powerful. The card Brainstorm is very powerful. Especially when you can cast it twice. How many Tombstalkers does this deck run? And it runs zero Tombstalkers because it is a good deck. So, um, and it runs, what else? Oh, yeah, I was looking, I was trying to find it. It came in second, technically, even though he won. Yeah, it runs Snapcaster Mages, and Tarmogoyf is a very powerful creature. But basically, it's the inclusion of Snapcaster Mage, along with all of these incredibly efficient instant such as brainstorm i won't say overpowered um or ban worthy i won't refer to it as that either and also jace the mind sculptor is very powerful in this deck um i cast it for the first time in a long time testing the other day and it is just so powerful i had forgotten how powerful it was so the deck has incredible synergy with the card Unearth. lets you do a lot of fun things. Now, what does this card Unearth do? Unearth is one black, choose target creature card in your graveyard with total converted mana cost three or less, and put that creature into play. So basically, you play Unearth, um, and then you can get back a Snapcaster Mage from your graveyard, get back the Unearth that you just played, and return to play either Tarmogoyf or Vendelian Click that's already been played for the cost of two mana. Um, which is... Uh, three. Uh, three mana, wow. you're correct, yes. <laughs> so you get a Snapcaster Mage and a Tarmogoyf or Vendelian Click and all of these things working together in harmony produce a very powerful deck. Wow. That's actually really cool. It is very, very sweet, and I've only played it a few times. I plan on testing a lot more in this next week and a half. I've played about probably ten or so games against Noyan at this point. He has been using, he has been playing ad nauseum tendrils, some form of that. And I feel like I've won most of the games. So it's a good matchup against that. And Storm, in general, has become very popular again with the banning of Mental Misstep, it would appear. 
So playing a deck that's a good matchup against Storm seems like a very good idea to me. But if people come ready with Blood Moons, that could be a problem, because this deck runs zero basic lands. Why does the deck do so well against Storm? Because of him to Turok? Because yes. of Thoughtseize? Yeah, him to Turok works really well, and you run Force of Will. You have Force of Will, you have Jace the Mind Sculptor, you have Vendillion Click, all these cards, just if you can just strip away all their good cards, they're left with hands full of Dark Rituals and Lion's Eye Diamonds. and um, Also, Spell Snare was an addition this week that Todd Anderson added, and I had added as well. Um, that is just incredible right now. Spell yeah, I've been talking about, but I've been talking about putting spell snare and merfolk. So. It counters so many relevant things, and the relevant spell in ad nauseum decks. Um, Burning wish is a two drop. I thought it was a three drop. It had been a while since I'd had a cast against me, but that it's a two drop. Let alone countering other Snapcaster Mages or Tarmogoyfs or Dark Confidants or Him to Torox or all these other cards. Spell Snare is very powerful right now. So yep. it's not surprising that Todd Anderson won the event. You know, technically he scooped to Chris Van Meter, but that's just so Chris Van Meter could get level 8. But the deck's insane. I love it. I'm very happy to play it. Um, I'm looking forward to casting Brainstorm because I don't hate the card. I really don't. <laughs> I just think it should be banned. I think it might be too powerful. But I'll be playing it. Yeah, I think it's funny. How you went from <laughs> Brainstorm should be banned to uh, play Brainstorm. Of course I'm going to play it. If it should be banned, it's because it's too powerful. So That's I'm, of course going to play a powerful card. I think it's, it's too good. <laughs> Snapcaster <laughs> Mage is too good. Blue is too good right now. I think you have to play Blue right now if you want to play Legacy. I just want to jump in and add that uh, I-, I love that Unearth is finally seeing uh, some love. Um when I when I first created my cube uh, and posted online, got the sessions going, people were like, "Unearth, oh, that card can't be very good." And you know, I ran the numbers and I'm like, "Well, it returns like 80 percent of my cube to play. I'm pretty sure it's fine and popper." You know, one man I get back a you know a three drop first striker seems you know perfectly reasonable. Um, so I, uh, I I would be thrilled if if foil unearth became you know space dollars. Because I already have mine, and that would be that it's would be definitely sweet. gone up in price. I was looking at them on it's up eBay. To six right now. Yeah, on, it's at six bucks. SCG. And it's a common, you know. <laughs> well, it's it's from Legacy, which was the first set with with uh, with foils. Right. So they were much harder to find. The lowest print run for a foil set. Um, yeah, and of course, like I'm sure a Japanese Unearth is like hundred dollars <laughs> or yeah. something. Like it will, just anything from that. So I really I'm don't sure like the art insane. on that card. I don't think it looks very good. You don't? So wailing guitars in the background. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a guitar in the back. It's an excellent <laughs> card, though. The synergy with Snapcaster is incredible. And uh, the fact that you can cycle it is very useful as well. It's excellent. This deck is very, very cool. So, yeah. So, Adam, uh, I know you hate blue. Uh, you, you, you play Legacy, though, at least on occasion, right? Um, you have a junk deck built, right? I, I used to. I, uh, you don't I anymore? Stri- yeah, I, I stripped it apart because, well, the primary problem is that I'm not very good at magic, which makes it difficult to compete successfully. Apparently, you need to play gooder to wins, and I was having trouble with the gooder part. Um, you know, I, it's, and I, I just didn't enjoy it. Like, I really like the older cards and the powerful cards, and so, like, uh, Commander feeds a lot of that need for me to play with dual lands and just big, huge, cool things and old cards that nobody even wants to touch anymore. Um, but Legacy is just a whole different beast. I mean, I, I half the games I would try to play, and it's just like, you know, it was like a coin toss. Am I playing somebody who's playing Magic, or am I playing somebody who's playing Uno? And sometimes the Uno deck didn't do anything, and my Magic deck won, and other times it didn't matter how much Magic I was playing, the Uno deck just, you know, just rocked you. So... I um I got tired of that, you know. I, I and the thing is, is it, it comes down to splitting hairs. I mean, like, or semantics, I should say. Um, you know, I I kind of have an idea of what I enjoy with Magic, and a lot of that was not what's good in Legacy. <laughs> apparently, apparently, three drops and attacking isn't always the best way to win. So, <laughs> um, so I stick so I stick to stuff that that I enjoy, you know, and, and that that's okay. You know, Legacy's just not for me. So um, so I pulled that apart, but um, I did have one at one point. Well, that's the best part about Magic to me, is that 
there's so many different ways to play the game, and none of them is correct. You know, whatever you... The only thing that is correct is what you feel like playing the game for. To me, I love playing powerful spells, and to me, this deck appeals to me, this bug deck, for example. But to you, playing commons appeals to you, and playing pauper appeals to you. To Joe, opening packs and building decks out of the packs you open appeals to him, and all of those things are right. And that's why this game is so great, because there's so many different ways to play it. Except playing blue. I mean, I think we Except all play playing blue. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm with you on the the junk. I love the junk deck. We talked about it uh, a while back. That was back when I had it built as well. And junk, to me, is the type of deck that I wish was good. And it obviously is still okay, because Brian Kibler came in 11th or something, I believe, with it. But um, I think that... Where did he place? Did he not place? Okay, was that last week or something... I don't know. Basically, there's always a couple non-blue decks in the top 16s, but it's it's always a, 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 a high majority of blue decks. And that's just the way Legacy is, and I enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that came, came down to... Uh, uh, haven't had the chance to actually play with him, but I'm pretty confident in saying that Brian Kibler plays much gooder magic than I do. <laughs> right. Than yeah. I probably ever will. I so would I'm say sure, me I'm sure as well. <laughs> the non-optimal deck that perhaps isn't uh, is arguably not the best pick for uh, for a given uh, metagame. Yeah, Brian Kibler can still do pretty good with it. Seems seems reasonable. Yeah, he's a pretty decent player. Um, so speaking of people playing whatever people want to play that they enjoy, and that's correct, uh, we were talking about something uh, before we started recording um, that I have no idea what it is. Um, uh, you said it was a Winchester Cube Draft? Is that what it was called? Well, Winchester Draft. Just Winchester Draft, period. So Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the draft variant. Uh, I, I mean, you can, you can, you can, a cube, you can draft any which way. Winchester sure. happens to be one way I've, I've done it. So what the hell is Winchester Draft? Tell me about this. <laughs> well, Winchester Draft, if you check out uh, this past Tuesday's Serious Fun at DailyMTG.com, you can find, um, basically, it's a two-player draft variant. Um, Tom Lapilli uh, covered it um, back shortly after New Phyrexia came out, and... Um, it's it's a really awesome draft format. Basically, it works like this. So you've got you and your buddy, right? And you each got your three packs. So you bust open the packs. You don't look at them. You just take out the token and tip card, you know, or uh, checklist card or whatever other non, non-actual cards are in there. Um, you shuffle up your piles. Uh, and so you each have the stack of cards. So it's basically you each have half of a sealed bowl. And you determine who's picking first. Uh, and then... Uh, each of you flip up uh, two cards. You, you each have two separate piles that you feed. So each of you flip up two cards. There are four piles. And whoever's turn it is to draft picks one of those piles. Um, and then after that's picked, each pile gets fed another card, respectively. So um, you keep, basically, um, you keep feeding these piles and drafting the cards back and forth from these piles um, so to, to create draft decks you know you make these these decks from that um so it's very similar if you've ever done like winston or uh rochester draft it's like a combination of those so you 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 pick the you pick from piles and whatever you don't pick from gets added to but all of the cards are known so you get to see everything that's being picked you know you know what the big bombs and what the awesome spells your opponent has um and they know what yours are and so it's um you know, Tom talked about how uh, it's it's uh, has a higher level of strategy because obviously, when all the information is known, the more skillful player will be able to leverage that better. Um, but I like it because, from a casual standpoint, now you can keep track of cards. You know, when you have three packs and your buddy has three packs, you don't necessarily want the rares and the mythics to to get swapped up. Like, I'd like to keep my primeval titan because I'm only going to open one. Um, and so you get to see where the card comes from and make a note like, oh, okay, well, if you, you, yeah, you're going to, you're going to draft the primeval Titan, but I'll get it back at the end. You know, and it's, uh, there isn't a question of where did a card come from or not. So it, um, uh, it opens up, it opens up that kind of friendly back and forth. So if you, if you enjoy talking about drafting, you get to see all the piles and picks and debate 
which piles better or not, and um, it really rewards. It, it really teaches you quick to actually draft a deck because you need to hit you know a critical mass of creatures, a critical um, a critical mana curve. You know you definitely need your early plays, your mid plays, and a couple big plays at the end. Um, and and it rewards you if you understand how to splash colors appropriately because you're almost always going to play a three color deck. So um, if you enjoy kind of some of the the strategy around draft, it it gets that going for you too. Um, And the best part of it all is because it's uh, basically 24 decisions, you know, you flip up cards, one pick, two pick, three pick, there's only 24 picks actually made to draft all the cards. Um, It's really fast. So we get it in over like a lunch break at work or, you know, uh, you know, inside of, you know, 40 minutes, an hour at the card shop, you know, you can actually run uh, a full draft and match uh, with that construction and everything. um, If you're, you know, if you're on top of it. So for, for a casual format and something that's kind of fun to do with buddies, it, um, it actually provides a lot of depth and challenge for players that um, really get into limited and really want to look at uh, some of the cards in the set they may not otherwise use. That's you really know, interesting. Kinda... That's really sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, as you can tell, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I just kind of uh, went on a tear. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds very cool. I could I could maybe get into that. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, it's uh, it's a really good speed drill for drafting, you know. Uh, it definitely forces you to use more colors and more cards than you're probably comfortable with. Um, I mean, more more of the bad cards are cards that you wouldn't really want to play. Um, right. So if you want to kind of get a, a quick experience with the set, you know, running a, a Winchester Drafter 3 um, can really start to, to kind of feed into how some of these cards work together and um, which ones are going to perform a little bit better or can perform in situations... Uh, you know, where you need them in a pinch and you have to use them because that's your only option. Yeah, so we are actually having some technical difficulties here. So um, we're going to cut the podcast off before we uh, lose it, <laughs> before uh, anything happens, before Travis's computer crashes or... I've already lost it. What? <laughs> Nothing. I haven't lost it. Oh, God. Anything. You scared me. Um, so anyway... Uh, Upcoming events this weekend is state, um, state championships all across this great country of Oz, and then uh, Sunday there's a PTQ in Richmond. Uh, don't bother showing up because I'm walking out with the blue envelope. Um, and then the following uh, Saturday and Sunday we have SCG Baltimore, uh, so that's going to be really awesome. Uh, Joey and. Gerard Fabiano. Gerard Fabiano. I knew it was someone really cool. Yeah. Um, I wish I could listen to that or watch it. Destroying coverage. So make sure you watch it. When me and Joey were doing coverage, Fabiano was far and away the funniest dude we could have possibly had in the booth. He's been my favorite so far. Him and Pat Chapin have been my favorite. He is so funny. So um, I think he's done like one or two already, right? I've only seen him in one. I was only able to watch one that he did. So, so anyway, he's well. So anyway, so you all are familiar with how awesome he is if you watch the SCG live, and if you don't, you really should, because you know we're kind of connected to that. And uh, how the hell do you not watch SCG live and listen to us? Come on, get with it. Be a magic so, player. Be a magic player. Don't be a little jerk. Um, Look what you so, did, you little jerk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I uh, just want to, you know, again, I want to thank everyone uh, who's been on. Uh, I want to thank Travis, I guess, for taking up some of my time. And I want to <laughs> just trolling my roommate hard as crap. Uh, seriously, Travis, it's been really cool having you on the podcast. It's been fun as always. It's been fun living with you for a year. And it's cool Absolutely. to do these sort of crazy things once in a while. So uh, thanks, Travis, for being on. Adam, thanks as always. Plug away. Report Adam. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Adam's plugs now. I know who you're talking Shut to. your turn. <laughs> shut your turn. Shut, shut your mouth and wait your turn. Damn it. Well, as always, uh, it's a uh, it's always a pleasure to go to, to big Star City events, to go to, to any big magic event for that matter, and uh, hanging out with uh, uh, you and Joey is always a pleasure. Uh, PT Philadelphia, uh, getting to hang out at the pre-release and just doing podcasts. You know, you guys are definitely part of the best match magic community I know of. That's uh, the one I'm part of. So, 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at the underscore Stibbs, S-T-Y-B-S. Uh, if you're interested in PopperCube, thepoppercube.wordpress.com. Uh, and you can catch me Tuesdays at dailymdg.com, the official magicgathering.com website. Thursdays at gatheringmagic.com. And uh, if I'm not sleeping, you can certainly catch me on Twitter almost any time. Travis, do you want an opportunity to uh, hype up your uh, Twitter account? Sure. Yeah, definitely make sure you follow us at Brewport Avenue on Twitter. I'm also at Trilobite Hives, but just make sure you follow at Brewport Avenue. That's all I really care about. You'll find me from there. But check out mtgcast.com and check out Brewport Avenue, episode one. It's up there now, and we're recording episode two here pretty soon, and it's only going to get better from there. And thank you again for having me on here. I really appreciate it and had a lot of fun. It's great talking to you, Adam. It's always cool hanging out with you, Travis. Always cool. Bro grabs. <laughs> um, and as always, I'm Big Head Joe. Uh, you'll find me lurking in the shadows, uh, behind maybe behind your closet door at night, maybe under your front porch. Uh, you never know, uh, but you're never safe. And that's about all we have for this week. From all of us here at YoMTG Taps, we are YoMTG Taps. Travis, would you do the honors? Stop bitching. Start brewing. Brewport Avenue. Holler. Trades. <laughs> yeah, got trades. Got trades. Any trades? Uh, no, no, no. Any no. extraction? <laughs> <laughs>